welcome to Cloudcast Basics, the best source on the internet for learning cloud computing. And now from the Cloudcast Studios, here are your hosts, Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely. Hello and welcome to Cloudcast Basics Season 1. This is your co-host, Aaron Delp, and with me as always is Brian Gracely. Say hey, hey Brian. Hey everybody, how are you doing? And today we're going to talk about the compute portion of cloud computing. So Brian, let's really just kind of start at the start and just a question. What does compute mean in the cloud? Yeah, it's a great place to start. You know, let's let's talk about the, the basics because compute or servers uh, is really the, the foundational thing in the cloud. Ultimately, uh, your applications have to run somewhere. Uh, you know, the way that you generate data is going to run somewhere. And so what compute means ultimately is um, you know, the same thing that, that you're used to when you think about a computer. It is CPU, it's memory, it's an operating system, you know, Linux or Windows. Um, it's, you know, local storage, a place where you store your data. Um, and then it could get into some more advanced things like a GPU or some other, uh, you know, hardware accelerator to help an application. It also means how it connects to the network. So, um, you know, in the, in the cloud, it ultimately means I want the ability to get a resource that looks like a computer, uh, you know, has all those components to it. I would like to get it on demand. And I'd like to have a certain amount of ability to kind of customize what I want it to be, meaning I want this size CPU, I want this much memory, I want this much uh, local disk capacity or storage. I want this ability to, you know, have network speeds, faster network speeds or higher throughput or parallel. But ultimately, it's the ability to say on demand, I want I want a computer, I want a server, um, and I want to be able to customize that to a certain extent. Now, so, you know, Aaron, you, you get your computer. Um, you know, how is that computer or that compute allocated? Like, how do I know what what it is how do i know how it's you know sliced up or how much how much of it's dedicated to me how much maybe it's shared with somebody else yeah and think of it this way just like there's many different options and think of it as you're reserving capacity and you're paying for that capacity and so the bigger the capacity the more you're going to pay for and you're going to start with bare metal right you just have a server and you're just paying for it. It's in someone else's data center. Then there is the concept of just an instance, a virtual machine. Then there is a container on top of that. And, and so think of each of those being smaller chunks. Each of those smaller chunks you're sharing with others because you're sharing them with others, the cost goes down. And another one e even smaller than a container is functions or just an event-driven service where you're using a fraction of time of compute as well. So this concept of slicing is super important. Uh, the more you slice it, the less time you're using, the more cost-effective it can be. But of course, it depends on your workload of how much dedicated time you need and how much dedicated resources you need versus what you're willing to share with others. And so, Brian, how was compute before, allocated? Yeah, before we Go jump ahead. to that, so let, let's let's clarify one thing just because, again, people might be very new. What's the difference between, you know, a virtual machine and a container? Because people hear a lot about, you know, I hear about VMs or virtual machines, and now there's buzzwords around containers. Like, what do those two things mean? Like, how are they different? Yeah, so think of it this way. A, a virtual machine is a 
exactly that, a virtual instantiation of a physical machine. And that means full stack inside of a VM, which is your operating system, your virtual CPU, your virtual memory, et cetera. And then one operating system, one set of applications, it's all enclosed in one VM. A container, think of it as this decoupling of that operating system layer and up into many instances. And, and again, sharing more resources and sharing more time slices, if you will, against just one operating system. So a container is um, a container of applications and their dependencies, but that application is shared with other applications and other containers on that same instance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's an important concept. You're gonna hear it thrown around a lot. I think, you know, as you're getting started, the big thing to remember is just, um, you know, most computers don't get fully utilized. And over time, the computer science world has figured out how do we use software to sort of time slice that one big computer into smaller chunks that to you look exactly like a full computer, but in reality are just, you know, partial uh, so that it can be better utilized and better utilized resources, save money and things like that. Now, let's let's talk real quick. I want to talk about, you know, how we used to get how we used to allocate compute before cloud computing came along because, you know, that fundamentally is one of the biggest reasons that cloud computing has has gotten popular, right? So, you know, back in the day, <clears throat> if you were an application team or you were a line of business and you needed to get something done and you said, "Okay, in order to do this, we're going to need this set of applications." So maybe I need a um, you know, an email system, or I need a collaboration tool, or I need something that's going to keep track of inventory, whatever it might have been. You typically had to go to IT. You said, this is what we need. Uh, this is how much we've scoped it out. We're going to need 10 computers, which means we're going to need X number of network connections. We're going to need this much, you know, storage capacity. <clears throat> and they would have to go out and purchase it from some vendor, like a Dell or an HP or somebody like that. Um, they're going to have to you know, buy the associated networking. They're going to buy the applications. This might take a couple of weeks. It might take a couple of months. Once it showed up, then they had to put it into a rack in a data center. So they literally physically had to put it into these things that would stack them on top of each other. They would connect the cables and everything together. They would connect the power together. And that whole process could take you know, three months, six months, depending on how long procurement took, how long it took to figure out how to make all the technology work. And so when you think about just in pure orders of magnitude, the, you know, the biggest difference, the most basic difference between what used to happen in your data center and what happens in cloud computing is once you know what you want going into cloud computing, it's literally a few clicks and minutes later, you have everything you need because somebody else has created a system that allows you to have that ready to go in minutes. And, you know, you, you, you multiply that by every time you want to do something new in the business that needs technology, that becomes a massive, massive time saver, whether it is helping you make money or helping you save money. So that's the biggest difference between, you know, how did it used to be allocated and what does the world look like today? Now, Aaron, <clears throat> now that we know kind of like what you're going to get, how you get it and how it's a little bit different, what is the cloud, what is a cloud computing provider, the cloud, if you will, what do they have to do in this world? What's their responsibility versus your responsibility for compute? Yeah, and I'll start with you. You'll hear a term, and that term is called a shared responsibility model. And 
When you're talking about cloud computing, you'll hear about this over and over, especially in the context of security, but the shared responsibility responsibility model just exists as almost an agreement between you as a customer and them as the provider of the service. And there will be certain responsibilities, like Brian just mentioned, of how does this come to be and why is it different? Well, you no longer have to rack and stack. You no longer have to cable. There's lots of things you no longer have to do. Um, And on those instances, again, if you're buying an instance, um, you may be responsible for patching the operating system because it's your instance and it's your responsibility. If it's a container, you may not be responsible for it because again, you're paying for what is different for your business and you're paying them to maintain certain items. And then you have a responsibility to maintain certain items as well. So you want to make sure you look into that. Um, And also this goes into the next one, which is about variations as well, because you will hear lots of variations of instances thrown around of, you know, numbers like small and medium and large. And then, you know, lots of others. Does it have a GPU? Does it not have a GPU? Um, does it what kind of processors at what speed how much memory there's lots to talk about when it comes to all of the variations of all of this brian do you want to elaborate a little bit more on the variations and and the applications maybe that might be required for something like that yeah so if you go to any of the cloud uh, computing providers so you go to amazon or azure or google or, or anybody and you click on the tab that says compute you typically under product um you may initially be overwhelmed. You're going to say, oh my gosh, there are so many different variations. They have, you know, not only sizes, um, you know, like Aaron said, small, medium, large, extra large, and so forth. But then they'll start having things like compute optimized, memory optimized, storage optimized, network optimized. And you start thinking like, what do all these variations mean? And the way to, the simplest way to think about this is, um, you know, there are certain applications that require more CPU in there. Let's put, let me step back. There are some applications that just, um, you know, they, they, they use a a nice mix of both the CPU, the thing that does the computing and the memory, the thing that stores kind of the, the data as you're doing applications. And, you know, for your average application, maybe that's fine just to sort of get the sort of standard off the shelf, but then some applications absolutely need to be optimized. So for example, you know, a database typically, um, you know, in order for a database to run fast, it wants to store as much of that data locally so that it can respond back to customers really quickly when they request, you know, a, a pricing lookup or an inventory lookup or something. And so oftentimes something like a database may want what they'll call a memory optimized uh, instance, right? It has way more memory in relation to the amount of CPU that it has. Other applications that are very, let's say, data and data science intensive. So it's doing a lot of calculations on information. It may need a CPU optimized one, right? So it has a really, really fast CPU processor. Maybe it has a little less memory, um, but you know, it's it's optimized specifically for that application. And so one of the really nice things about the cloud is that um, you know you can pick and choose which type of compute instance that you buy to really map to the application that you're going to use. And so you don't have to just sort of make one general choice. 
you can kind of pick and choose them. And what the cloud providers have done over the years is they've learned, you know, how do we build these these sort of matrices of, you know, different variations, different sort of ratios of compute power versus, you know, memory uh, capacity versus maybe you have an application that's really needs fast networking, right? So something like if you're doing gaming, everything is about low latency. So, you know, there are lots of variations in there. And again, you know, they do align to different types of applications. And then as you learn more and more about how applications work in the future, then that logical sort of breakdown of the different matrices of, of compute offerings will make a lot more sense. They won't seem so overwhelming because in most cases, you'll have a certain application, you'll go to a certain part of the matrix and you'll go, ah, that's the one that makes the most sense for me, gives me the right features and functionality, is at the right price, right price point, and that's going to work best for my application. Now, um, Aaron, one of the things that people often ask is not only like, where is the cloud? Um, you know, physically, where is it? Um, but, you know, does it matter if I'm working in the cloud? Does it matter where my stuff is? So, you know, give us a sense of like, how does the cloud think about organizing things? Like, where are the actual servers that compute? And, and does it matter, you know, where things are? So what, what, might, what might make it matter where the cloud is? Yeah, there, there's two big factors to consider in location. Uh, number one is latency. So think of latency as the response time. How close are you to the compute and the data? And so that when something is a, a performed, how long does it take to get back to you, right? If you are um, sitting in the United States there is many, many different options of data centers throughout the United States. And you typically will want to pick the one closest to you. Maybe it's Seattle. Um, you know, maybe it's in Virginia. Um, if you are in the United States, you probably don't want to pick a data center in Australia or in Asia. And because that round trip will be much longer. So you will actually impact your own performance because you want to be close to the compute and the data. Now, another aspect of this also in certain regions of the world, you might have compliance, you might have regulation, you might have data sovereignty laws where the location of the data matters and it is extremely important. So there's two big factors to consider there. And there's also the organization behind the scenes of all of this as well. It's more than just one data or data point in a data center. There, you'll hear terms like availability zones and regions. And these are groupings. And think of it as layers and clusters so that you can get higher availability of your resources. And so... Um, think of it as if you uh, pick a, a data center in Seattle and what if Seattle goes down? Now it, it doesn't happen often, but it can happen. How are you redundant? How are you highly available so that you have continuity of your business, no matter where you are, this is where you want to, well, you know, maybe a hop to Virginia is still better than being down. 
So you want to make sure not only are you designing and picking your cloud resources for performance, and typically it's whatever is closest to you, but you also want to make sure you're redundant in all of this. Now, another aspect is what services are available and offered in which availability zone or region, especially when new services are rolled out by some of the clouds. Um, not all of the regions, it will be available. So you want to also consider what services are you going to be looking at and are they available everywhere? And so Brian, that kind of kicks us into the, the final bit here. How much does compute cost and what should folks consider in all of this? Yeah, so <laughs> it's funny that we make this the last question because quite honestly, you know, cost in cloud computing is uh, you know, almost a PhD level course, but but let me try and let me try and make it fairly simple for folks because this this concept will uh, will sort of ripple down um, as we we build build up the stack that we're talking about and we talk about this more. Um, so there's a couple of a couple of sort of dimensions to how much does cloud computing cost. The first one is, you know, how much is the actual service that you're buying. So you're buying a memory intensive computer or you're buying a whatever, you know, computer. How much does that cost? And typically that cost is going to be billed on an hourly basis. That's the starting point. It's uh, it's going to be this type of compute and it's going to be billed at this hourly rate. Okay. So that's the, the first thing to think about is um, within cloud computing, you can typically get down to some very small granular uh, amounts of time in which you're going to be billed. Okay. Um, now, within when you when you when you look at the sort of matrix as I mentioned of all the different computing options, you're going to see that they're all going to be priced a little bit different. And the reason for that is, um, you know, how much you pay for the CPU versus how much you pay for more memory will have some factor on it. Uh, you know, me memory tends to be a little more expensive than, than, than more CPU. Um, maybe if you're paying for faster networking, it's going to be a little more expensive than slower networking. Um, but so there's gonna be a little bit of variation in there. The other variation that comes into play for pricing, and this is um, equally as important and, and maybe a little more complicated, is not everybody wants to pay on an hourly basis or what people would call on-demand pricing. So, you know, you pay for exactly what you use. In some cases, customers will say, look, I know I'm going to use that, that compute instance for an entire year, or I might need it for three years, or I might need it for a longer period of time. Um, I would like to actually prepay ahead of time if you will give me a discount for prepaying ahead of time. And so what you see is there's typically multiple variations on how you can buy computing. And let me give you a couple of terms that you'll hear, and there's some, some variations based on different cloud providers, but they kind of fall into these categories. There is on-demand pricing, which is essentially your you know, pay-per-hour, pay-per-minute pricing. If you use it for three hours, you'll get billed for three hours. If you use it for 18 hours, you get billed for 18 hours. So there's sort of on-demand pricing. Um, you pay a little bit of a premium because it's on demand, but you also pay only for the hours or minutes or seconds that you actually use it. There is what they call reserved pricing. Um, what this basically means is I would like to reserve those instances so that nobody else is going to use them, and I'd like to reserve them for a longer period of time. Typically, this is going to be on the, on the magnitude of number of years. So you may buy one year in advance or three years in advance, 
Um, most people don't tend to buy three years in advance because they're paying too much. You know, the technology will change. But you can buy multiple years in advance. And in return for that, um, you guarantee that you're going to pay that amount for the entire year. And in return, you're going to get discounts against the on-demand pricing. And those discounts could be 20, 30, 40, 50%, depending on kind of your negotiation with the cloud provider and the way that they do pricing. So there are options to buy things in advance. And then there's also a concept in some of the cloud providers of what they call like spot markets, which is um, they may have extra capacity, they offer it up at a discount to uh, the on-demand pricing, but they're not guaranteed. And so in what that could mean is you may have an application that you're like, I need it for four or five hours, but if it happens to go away, that's no big deal, right? Maybe so maybe you're doing some Monte Carlo simulations or you're doing you know, certain data science experiments. And so when you think about it as a whole, the nice thing about cloud computing is you're not locked into doing only one way of buying. You're not tied to one pricing model. So you may have some applications that need to run all the time and always have to be available. Okay, in those cases, you're probably going to benefit from, from the sort of reserved instance pricing or pay ahead of time because you're going to get discounts. You know you need them for longer periods of time. For other parts of your applications or maybe for <clears throat> dev and test or for experimentation, you know, on-demand pricing or spot pricing works because you only need it for a finite amount of time. Um, you don't exactly know when you're going to need it, but you're going to need it at various amounts of time. And so you can mix and match those two things together. And so, you know, it allows you to say some groups within my organization have these compute needs. These other groups have these other compute needs. I can mix and match them as, as I need to. And what you'll find over time is not only will you be learning about how this pricing works, but there are lots and lots of companies in the broader ecosystem that actually specialize in helping you optimize your cost. So they can look at what you might have in place and come back to you and say, oh, here's, here's some tweaks that you can make. Think of it as like, you know, it's like having almost like a financial planner, um, but for your cloud computing costs. So um, lots of options that are out there. Um, you know, as you, as you learn more about this, you'll, uh, you'll sort of be able to dig into that. Aaron, we've covered a lot. Um, we're going to put some examples of these in the show notes. So things like Amazon EC2 and Azure Compute Instances and, and links to all these. Anyway, any sort of thing you want to wrap up with just to kind of give people, you know, last thoughts about compute. It's the foundational element of cloud computing. Anything you want to wrap up for show one here in season one? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is just closing on this thought of, there's a reason why this one was first. This one is probably the most in-depth. It is probably the most complex and of all of the things we're going to talk about has the biggest learning curve to it, foundational. And so it, if you're just getting into cloud computing, make sure you understand this one without a doubt. And then build on the rest of it uh, with uh, the rest of the shows in, in the season. Um, so in closing, uh, we hope you enjoyed and learned about cloud computing and specifically about compute. On our next show, we're going to be talking about storage and how storage matters in cloud computing. Thank you for listening to Cloudcast Basics. You can find all the show details at cloudcastbasics.net or in your favorite podcast player. 